Hey, welcome to True Sleep, podcast designed to help you meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. This time around, we're going to meditate on some scripture from Revelation chapter 1, and we'll get started right after this. Revelation chapter 1, starting at verse 4, says, John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. Let's stop right there and give this some thought together as we try to get some rest. We've talked before about the first part of verse 4, so we'll pick up kind of halfway through. John is writing to convey God's grace and peace to the Christians in these real historical churches. And he's identifying where this grace and peace comes from. You may feel the need right now for grace and peace right where you are. And it's good to remember scripturally where grace and peace come from. It doesn't come out of thin air. doesn't come from distraction. doesn't come from any lesser things on this earth. It comes from God, first and foremost. We've talked about that already. Here he also mentions the seven spirits who are before his throne. Now, I don't want to go too deeply into this because there's actually some variety of opinions as to exactly who these seven spirits are. But for our sake right now, just remember that God's grace and peace comes through supernatural means to his churches, his Christians, which I hope includes you. So grace and peace from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. Now we know who Jesus Christ is, but here especially he is identified as the faithful witness. He is the trustworthy witness who testifies of the truth, embodies the truth. You need God's grace and you need God's peace. And one of the central pipelines for that grace and peace is Jesus Christ as the faithful witness. Now, how do you receive any benefit from a witness to begin with? By listening to him. Many, many Christians, I find, are pro-Jesus. They like the Jesus idea quite a bit, and yet they don't really listen to him. They may go to church and they may hear sermons, but hearing a sermon isn't the same as listening to a sermon. They may even have some devotional book that they use from time to time, but having a devotional time in the morning isn't necessarily the same as listening to Jesus as Jesus proclaims the truth in his word. And so let's just take maybe just 10 seconds to prayerfully recommit ourselves to listen to Jesus, the faithful witness. And you'll have a chance to do that right now as you're meditating on this passage. So we're being offered grace and peace. We're being pointed toward Jesus as the faithful witness as a conduit of that grace and peace from God. 
Jesus isn't only the faithful witness, he is the firstborn of the dead. Jesus is the firstborn of the dead. He is the first person to be resurrected to an eternal life. Now, you probably remember from Sunday school that Lazarus also was raised from the dead. Others throughout the Bible were raised from the dead, but they all eventually died again. Not Jesus. Jesus was raised from the dead and ascended into heaven, where he now reigns at the right hand of God the Father. He is the firstborn of the dead. And the hope that we have as Christians is that upon his return, we too will be resurrected from our graves. We too will be born of the dead. And we too will enjoy eternal life. Jesus is the faithful witness, and he is the firstborn of the dead. And then there's one more identifier thrown in here. And the ruler of kings on earth. I feel like we return to this theme all the time on this podcast, but I really love it. And I find so much strength and peace remembering that Jesus is not just an inspirational religious figure. He's not just like one of those precious moments figurines on the shelf. He is a ruler, a king, the ultimate ruler, the ultimate king. He is the ruler over all kings. Now, right now, it doesn't appear that way because he has not returned and established his rule permanently. He's still giving time for rebels like me and like you and the people that we love to repent and be pardoned and be joined into his kingdom before it's too late. But think about him in that light again. Do you see Jesus as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Or as it says here, the ruler of kings on earth. What difference would it make if you did see him that way? If you got up in the morning and lived that day, lived the next day you're going to live fully and perfectly in light of the fact that Jesus is the ruler of kings on earth, that he is your king. Let's go ahead and read on. John is still introducing this letter. He writes, To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. So here we're still thinking about Jesus. We're still thinking about how glorious he is as the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of kings on earth. But he is also him who loves us. He is not just some distant, regal, glorious figure up in the clouds somewhere. He loves you. He loves us. He loves his people. He loves the church. Who do you love? Just think about what it means to love someone for just a moment. Who do you love? Is it hard for you to imagine that Jesus looks to you with something like that same affection and love that you feel for whoever came to mind just then? 
maybe a close friend, fellow church member who's important to you, a spouse, parent, a child. Jesus loves you, but not really like that. He loves you perfectly. He loves you so much that he died for you. You might not feel loved by anybody right now. You may be in one of those seasons of life where you feel isolated and lonely, like nobody knows you and understands you, and the people who do know you and understand you don't seem to like you very much. If you are feeling that way as you're trying to rest right now, maybe this is the main reminder that you need. Jesus loves you. You are loved, and you are loved by the most important person in all reality, who could love you. Sometimes people know they're loved by, say, their parents, because their parents are obligated to. They have to love you because uh, they're your parents, and so it doesn't feel quite as important as others that you wish loved you. Well, there is no one more important than Jesus. If you have his love and don't have anyone else's love, you are rich. You have all the love you need. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. So let's pause on that for a moment. He has freed us from our sins by his blood. Has freed us. This is something that has happened. It has been accomplished. It is finished. If you are a Christian, you are no longer enslaved to your sins. For one thing, you're freed from your sins in the sense that when God looks at you, he no longer sees those sins. He sees Jesus' perfect record instead. So you're freed from the condemnation and guilt and shame of your sins. But then in the other sense, perhaps the more practical sense, you genuinely are freed from the power of your sins. I know sometimes we get deep down in a rut where we repeat the same sin patterns over and over again. We commit a sin, we hate the sin, we feel terrible about the sin, we ask for God's forgiveness, and then soon our willpower runs out and we commit the sin again. Just a powerful reminder here that that's not necessary as a Christian. In Jesus Christ, you have genuinely and fully been freed from that sin. Sanctification isn't accomplishing freedom from sin. It's living in light of the freedom that you already have that Jesus accomplished for you. So let's take a few seconds to consider that. Are there any sins in your life right now that you are living as though you're enslaved to, even though this passage clearly says you're not. Let's take about 10 seconds to think about that. What sins are you living in slavery to unnecessarily? Whatever came to mind, I just want to speak the truth of God's word to you, if you are in Christ, if you have trusted in Jesus as your Savior and turned from your life of self-sufficiency 
to live with Jesus as your Lord and you're trusting in him, you're free from that sin. You don't have to live by its tyranny any longer. You have been freed from your sins by his blood. And we'll stop here. Our freedom from sin does not come from our willpower. It does not come from a better system of checks and balances in our lives. It doesn't come from an accountability partner. All these things have their place. They're not evil things. But ultimately, our freedom from sin comes from the blood of Jesus Christ. When he died on the cross, it was in a very real way as though we died with him. And our old selves, who genuinely were enslaved to our sins, died. That's what baptism represents. So that you is dead. That you is gone. And it's sort of like phantom limb syndrome. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but amputees will have an experience neurologically where it feels like the arm that has been amputated is itchy. And it's almost like they can feel it, but it's not there anymore in reality. Many Christians have this phantom sin syndrome where it feels like we have to sin in these ways. It feels like we're powerless over the sudden outburst of rage or the the lustful glance or the overeating or whatever it might be. But it's not true. The truth is that old you has been crucified with Christ. By his blood shed on the cross, you are free from that sin. So I want to leave you meditating on that truth. Just saying to yourself the truth, I am freed from my sins by the blood of Jesus. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for this person who is listening right now. I just want to pray each truth of this scripture over them as they rest. Lord, help them to remember that grace and peace comes supernaturally from you and from Jesus Christ. Help them to know Jesus as the faithful witness, to listen to Jesus. Help them to know Jesus as the firstborn of the dead and to hope in him for eternal life. Help them to know Jesus as the ruler of kings on earth and to live each day in allegiance to him as their king. Help them to know that Jesus loves them. He knows everything about them, and he loves them. Help them to know that Jesus has freed them from their sins by his blood, and help them to live in that freedom. In Jesus' name, amen.